worship. All the words will be up on the screen behind me as always. Let's pray. Father, it's so true that your mercies are new every morning. No matter what we face, no matter what we go through, even our mistakes, our mess-ups, every morning that you give us breath and you wake us from our, our slumber, we've experienced your mercy and we, we can look forward to more of your mercy. God, we love you. We thank you. We look to you this morning. We just ask that you'd be in our midst, that you would stir in our hearts, that you would comfort us and you would speak to us so clearly by your spirit. We yield to you. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and all that he's done for us, all that he's doing and all that he will do in this year to come. We praise you for your great name, your holiness, your mercy, your your unfailing love. Help us to worship you with joy, with thankfulness, with all of our heart, with our hands lifted high. We love you so much, Lord. And we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah.
lost another one. I am free. I am free. Come on. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. I am free. Hell lost another one.
something hang on a minute hang, just hang just hang please just for a moment according to revelation chapters four and five one of the things that you'll be saying when you stand there that day around the throne one of the things you'll be saying is this worthy worthy is the lamb of god So why don't you just take a moment right now and practice it. Because you're going to be saying it on that day. And what an amazing day that will be. Come on, just lift up those words. Worthy. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy are you to receive all praise and all glory. and honor. For there is no one like you. Worthy worthy. You are worthy to receive all honor and recognition and esteem and adoration. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy. Come on, just say that word that word with me one more time. Worthy. Yes. Worthy. That's right. Nothing beside. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. You see that we're gonna. There's lots of music this morning, so you're gonna be standing back up. So sit down now. <laughs> okay. Some of you are gonna start your new gym routine this morning. <laughs> just, just kidding. Anyway, I, I, you know, I want Maxwell. I want George. I want Jessica. Come right up right, right now, right on. We're going to do, uh, we've, we've asked two different groups of people to come, and they're just going to read a, a scripture. The scripture will be behind us. They're going to read that scripture, and then they're going to take just a moment and explain to you why that scripture has meant something so significant to them in 2023. Amen. Good morning. You're on. My scripture is John chapter 2. Is here? Yes. John chapter 2, verse 18 through 19. He said, But the Jewish leaders demanded, Are you the what are you doing if God gave you authority to do this? Show us a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus replied, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. Amen. Amen. Now <laughs> if I, I believe that scripture when we read the Bible, we should buy into a revelation, the Word of God. That's what makes the whole difference, right? So, uh, if Christ in me is the hope of glory, then this scripture is my inheritance. Now, Jesus, they tried to kind of push him and said, if you are the son of God, or if you think you have authority, perform a miracle. 
for us to see. And Jesus said, now we can see three things from here. One, this scripture reveals who Jesus, what Jesus can do, who he is, and who I am through Christ. Now he said, well, destroy this temple, and in three days, I will rise it up again. You came here looking for a miracle, but I am the miracle. I, Christ, I am the miracle. If you have an issue here, and you bring me into the situation, doesn't matter how many years, 46 plus years they were building the temple. He said, if you bring me in, your years of toiling, your years of suffering will be over. So bring me in. Don't look anywhere. Look at me. I am the miracle. So as a son of God, if I wake up in the morning, I, I get what I'm saying. If I wake up in the morning and look myself in the miracle, I confess that, that Maxwell, I am a miracle. For Christ is in me, the hope of glory. Doesn't matter how long I've gone through challenges. I turn to this scripture. Jesus said, don't look far beyond. Look at me. The miracle you seek is right here. That is Amen. me. Hallelujah. So 2024, if you wake up in the morning, look into yourself in the mirror and confess that in your life that you are a miracle through Christ. Amen. 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 You're right to join. Amen. Thank you. And uh, in just a few minutes, I've asked Maxwell to come back and lead us in prayer. And we're going to, I'm continuing to pray. I don't care if it's past Christmas. I'm still asking God for, for your miracle. Did you quit? No. Good. I didn't. So you don't either. George, what? I chose Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Lord, I just give thanks for the last year how he's fulfilled those in our family. How he has come before us and how he has strengthened our marriage and restored that. And how he's brought our son that is back to the Lord and, and reestablished some of our relationship with him. And, and we ask that that continues. And Lord, how you... Per how you provide for us financially at the end of the month. It's just enough, Lord, and we give thanks for that and give him the glory. And we look forward to the coming year where he restores more marriages and more children and family and better financial situations throughout the entire year that he will bless us so we can bless others. And we just pray and give thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Embrace that. Embrace that for, for your family and for yourself. Jessica? When Pastor Brad asked us to share a verse that was maybe an anthem or a banner, um, I realized that I didn't really have one that was particular to those things. You see... When you make a verse, your anthem, or, or banner, you're leading with that, and it's a lens through which you live your life, right? Instead, I found one that brought me comfort. Maybe you might relate to having a year that didn't go particularly the way that you planned it to go. Uh, one full of curveballs, a year that revealed to you how out of your control every part of your life is. I've been grounded by, and I found mm. comfort and the reminder that God is in full control and is the manager of our lives. 
through the verse Proverbs 16, 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. God knows the desires of our heart. He knows better than us how to give us the best. So this year, that same verse can now be an anthem and a banner from which to live by. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jessica, George, Maxwell. Come on, stand with us. We're going to worship the Lord. It's an appropriate song. You know what? Maybe your 2023 has been amazing. Maybe some of you are like, thank good, it's over. <laughs> Regardless, come on, let's worship.
set me free. The enemy may be all around me, but I'm running free. Cause you set me free. The enemy may be all around me, but I'm running free. Cause you set me free. got it going today. Go ahead, be seated. Zach, Kathy, Daniel, join me up here, please. And uh, just, um, just want to give God glory and honor. Are you grateful? Yes. Yes. Uh, you're grateful. Amen. You can be grateful regardless, right? Amen. 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 Kathy, Zach, and uh, you know what? I think I left the microphone there, but we'll grab this one. And uh, Zach, you're up. Go for thank, it. thank you, Pastor Brad. And uh, I had a, a, a little something on my heart. The scripture that I picked is, is something simple, but it has so much relevance to us, not only uh, today, but for our lives uh, moving forward. And uh, thank you, Pastor Brad, for calling me out of uh, my comfort zone because this is a little bit different than I didn't, business. actually. The Lord told me to ask you to be up here and do this. Right. And you said yes. Yes. Proud of you. uh, uh, Stepping out of your comfort zone, and and, uh, that's where the growth takes place. So I'm happy to be here today and blessed. So thank you, Pastor Brad. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Uh, But uh, the scripture that I picked is uh, John 13, 7. And uh, it's, uh, you may not know now, but later you'll understand. And uh, and I I wrote a little something because... uh, I don't want to come up here and blank, but um, what this verse is to me is it's, it's God reminding me to be patient, uh, diligent, and to know that uh, God has a bigger plan for my life. And this year, I really stepped out into that purpose, and man, it's been, it's, it's been so powerful to see what God has done, not only in my life, but in my family's life. And I want to encourage you guys, man, if you're on the border with your faith, and you haven't stepped out, it's time to make that step because Amen. God is so powerful and uh, he's done wonderful things in my life. And, uh, and Pastor Brad's been in my life. I grew up in this church and uh, he's done so much for my family over the years. And uh, My pleasure. All right. So um, but, uh, getting back to that is uh, so a little bit of what the scripture means for me is to not lean on my own understanding, but to pray and really listen for the voice of God and continue to walk in faith 
even in hard and confusing times when we ask ourselves, why is this happening to me, God? It's important to trust in his plan. That's definitely hard, and many times our plan and our timing isn't going to align with God's. This verse also helps to continue to keep me, to keep God at the forefront of my life, continue to keep your heart pure, and uh, I truly trust that if you do that, God's going to do amazing things in your life, and uh, I'm definitely a testimony of that, so... uh, Thank you. So uh, I, I encourage you to continue to seek God first. And, uh, you know, I hope I can bless somebody with this. And uh, God's been such a blessing in my life this year. And uh, so that's a scripture I want to share with you guys. Thanks. Zach, thank you. Well done. Good job. Good job. Hallelujah. Kathy, thanks for doing that. I know, I know, you're, I know that was your comfort zone call out, but you did it. Kathy. Good morning. I chose Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. This verse I'm holding very close to my heart lately. When I start to fret that I don't understand, I remember that God sent me a dream that told me that I didn't have to understand, I just have to trust. So every time... I capture my worries and I turn them over to God and then I have a true sense of peace. I'm in awe every time God leads me right to a scripture, a devotional, or a sermon that speaks directly to me and it happens often. I have been amazed by things happening in my life financially, spiritually, and emotionally. I am seeing God all around me all the time. He's called all three of my daughters to know him. have the assurance in Romans 8.28 that he works all things together for good for those called to his purpose. Because I trust in him completely, I joyously await the next step in his plan for me. The love and joy I have overflowing me and spilling over onto other people is an indication to me that I will be glorifying him to people around me. Linda said the other day she got joyous just hugging me. (laughs) That made me laugh and even more joyful. He made me extra exuberant for a reason, and I believe it is to shine his light into the world in whatever way he calls me. I saw Joyce Myers talking about her gift of speaking in front of people, and I thought, hmm, God, I feel like you blessed me with that gift of speaking. And the next day, Pastor Dabby asked me to read the Christmas story on stage. And here I am again. (laughs) It's amazing how fast God will answer you. And let's go shine his light all around the world. Amen. Amen, Amen, Kathy. Thank you. Well done. Amen. Amen. Daniel? uh, For my verse, I chose Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I chose this verse for two reasons. Uh, the first one is the past year I've been going out with the Aftershock group and preaching. And as a 16-year-old boy, it's uh, kind of scary preaching to <laughs> random adults on the street. So having the fact that the creator of all things uh, is with me is really comforting. And the second reason is I was struggling this year to uh, forgive myself of past sins I've committed. And I projected this onto God, uh, the unforgiveness. 
but then I would read the verse and think about it, and he would never forsake me or leave me. And through that, I was able to forgive myself and really grow. That's why I chose the verse. Amen. Amen, Daniel. Amen. Good job. Thank you. Amen. Come on, stand with us. We're going to sing the battle belongs to the Lord. And um, I got a text this morning. I got a text this morning from someone that it's just that I know was visiting the church and and now now I've flown back home to a southern state. And they said they were very just they came to visit family and they were distressed at what they saw with their family. And were going home a little depressed about what they saw. But then they said sitting in the airport sitting in the airport, had a, had a conversation with a family and led the father, the mother, and the daughter to Jesus. Before we, before we do this, every single one of you with family that are not walking with Jesus, let's pray right now for them. Okay, Father, right now, right now, that would be an amazing gift, an amazing miracle to see our entire family walking with you. And we pray that that happened without delay. Without delay. Thanks, Father. We trust you. Always remember, you always hear me say this. He loves them more than you. And he's more invested in them than you'll ever be. Amen? And thirdly, he knows how to reach them. Come on, let's sing. See you.
I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Okay, I want you to remain standing with, with us right now. I asked Pastor Debbie, I heard that song, and it just, just resonated with me this week, and I asked her to do it. So I hope it was more than a song that we like. It was something I felt like the Lord wants you to hear. But right now, I've asked Maxwell, Chaplain Maxwell, to just to pray, because I'm on this. I'm unrelenting. I want to see the God of miracles operate in your behalf. Amen. Hallelujah. Got Grab that wired microphone. We're good. Grab the wired microphone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray, friends. We're praying Let's for pray. miracles. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are grateful today. For this is the day that the Lord you have made. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for your blessings upon our life, our family. We are so grateful to know you as Jesus. Lord, the Bible said you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. You never change, Father. We know you by your works. We know you by who you are. We know you by experiencing your glory and your power upon our life, Father. We know that, oh God, in the book of Mark, Father, that this Jairus, my God, a man by name Jairus, Jesus Christ, daughter died. But few minutes before, my God, your arrival, you went and raised her from death. You were God of miracle. We also know that, oh God, at the widow in Nain, that her son also died, Father, and a few hours before your arrival, you also went and did a miracle. You raised her from the death. We also know that in the city of Bethany, Father Lord, your old good friend, my Lord, Lazarus, died three days, my Lord, was buried. But when you arrived, my Lord, the story changed and you raised him from the death. You are God of miracle, Father. We pray that this year as we are entering 2024, let every minute of our life filled with miracles in the name of Jesus. Let every hour of our lives in in this year, filled with miracles in the name of Jesus. Let every days of our life, O oh God, in the year coming, filled with miracles in the name of Jesus. Father, bless our case with miracles, Father. Bless our body with miracles, O oh God. Bless our marriage with the miracles, O oh God. Our friends with the miracles, O oh God. Our jobs with the miracles, O oh God. Let people see us and call us a children of God in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. Put a new testimony into our mouth, O oh God. Let us stand here every day to testify of your goodness, of your miracles upon our life in the mighty Jesus' name. Let all eyes see us and call us blessed, Father. 
you are God of miracle. When you, God, speak, you act. And when you promise, you fulfill, Father. As you have said in your word that we shall live to see your glory. We shall live to testify, my God, of your goodness. That we, O oh God, shall always remember that you are a pillar of our life. May we experience miracle. Heal our body from sicknesses. Heal our marriages, O God, from troubles. Our children from stubbornness, O God, in the name of Jesus. Stiff nakedness, O God, Father. Heal us, O God. May we see you in our life every day. May we experience you, my God, every day in our life differently in the mighty Jesus' name. And let the testimony be said here every day. We thank you, Father, for being our God. We thank you, Father, for being our miraculous God in the name of Jesus. May we see ourselves every day and proclaim that we are a proof of miracle in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead and be seated, friends. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you so much. Amen. And amen. Amen. Rolando, come share a few things with us. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, I just want to say I love you guys. No, but I do love you guys. But I want to say welcome to... All our visitors, if you're here with us online or, or in person, um, if we could, church, could we give them a round of applause? <laughs> Welcome to Seaport Community Church. I hope you're having a, a blessed time so far. I know that, that I am. Uh, but we want to get connected with all of you that are visiting us, whether you're online or in person. Um, the best way is to text welcome to the number up on the screen behind me. Um, you just type in welcome. Hit send, a link will come back to you. It takes like a minute to fill that out, and you'll be connected. Uh, shabam, as Chris says. You can also uh, go to our, all of our social media uh, pages, so YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or uh, reach out to the office email, which is also on the screen behind me. Um, lastly, there is a QR code on the seat back in front of you. If you point your camera at that, you can click a link and get connected uh, through the Church Center app, which is... All the opportunities that I'll share with you in just a minute are, are listed on there. At the end of the service, if Pastor Brad uh, can get back to the cafe, he'll be over there. He would love to meet you guys. But I do have some opportunities as well that I want to share quickly. So we have prayer at Seaport throughout the week. It should pop up behind me. That's the prayer schedule. You got to get involved in prayer. Got to get involved in prayer. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you can have a relationship with God without praying and talking to God. So if you are a believer or if you're not a believer, get involved in prayer. Start talking to God and see him change everything. Um, on Wednesday, we have, with Pastor Brad, seven ways to get prayer answered. So that will be pretty helpful. Um, we also, on Wednesday, have the uh, growth track that is starting up. That'll start on January 10th. And following the service, Adam will be, you want to wave your hand, Adam? Adam will be uh, out in the narthex, and he'll be available to answer any questions that you may have about uh, the growth track that we will be starting. The adult winter social is coming up January 12th. So if you want to have some fellowship, please come. Um, if you're interested in attending the day trip to Sight and Sound Theater in, in Pennsylvania, I've never been. I really, really want to go. I've heard amazing things about it. 
Um, go check that out in the app. The men's encounter is coming up. The registration is now open. Um, Chris always says it's like two years of church packed into a weekend. Um, I've been to the men's encounter the first year here at Seaport, and it was, it was just a wonderful time uh, with these men, a wonderful time with, with the Lord in his spirit, very tangible presence going out there, getting away, um, and it changes a lot of our lives. So if you, if you are a man, <laughs> register for the men's encounter. Um, you can also help sponsor someone to attend if you have someone in mind, and there are gift certificates available at the Welcome Center, uh, which is right out here to my left. Um, but now we're going to have a family Christmas video that will pop up behind me.
your daughter making the videos. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Lindsay, for that. We're going to release the middle schoolers. You guys can take off right now. That'd be, and they're going to head out this door. If you're visiting in your middle school, go out this door. Go to the fellowship hall, which is to the right. Okay, and um, hallelujah. We've got uh, there's just just more coming. Just just more coming in this service. I'm excited about um, just all that God is doing around here. And it looks like there's a miracle shaping up. We, we started um, five or six weeks ago with finishing strong, finishing strong. And by that meaning that the church be positioned financially, all it really meant was making sure that we hit our budget. And uh, that's what it really meant. And uh, it looks like there's a, a miracle in the making right there. And I'll tell you more about it because I don't have the final numbers, but it looks amazing. So thank you. So thank you for that. This is the, your last opportunity to give in, in this year. And so just, you know, you guys have been so generous and so amazing this year. And let's just 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 hammer it right down to the very end. Amen. An honor, an honor of the Lord. Now, I have to do something, though. And, and I've told you this many times, and I always say this. I will always say this. I only do this when the Lord says for me to do it. And if you get tired of me doing this, then just turn to somebody next to you and say, you can have my blessing. I don't need it. The Lord tells me, he's been telling me, and I've been doing this, and it's been working, I've seen it work, been telling me to pray for your prosperity. And in this case, prosperity can take a lot of forms. The Bible speaks of prosperity in a lot of forms. We all understand that. But in this sense, it's financial prosperity. In a moment, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. That's not so that our garages can be filled with more junk, but that we have greater ability to advance the gospel. Amen? And to bless other people. That's what it's for. Okay? The Lord spoke to me a couple of days ago, and he said this to me. He said, at the end of this year, 2024, at the end of the year, there will be no one at Seaport that will be in need. So I'm trusting him. That means he's going to be blessing some of you. Amen? Amen. If not all of you. So just pray with me. Pray with me. You know what? Um, just go ahead and just go ahead and stand. If you're too tired, you can sit down. But we're not going to just, but just stand with me and let's pray. And by praying for, for the prosperity, we're praying not for junk, but we're praying for ability. Amen? And that's for everybody here at Seaport. It doesn't mean crazy, crazy, you know, crazy, obscene stuff. It just means trusting God that we have the ability to bless his kingdom and to bless others and to provide for ourselves. Right? That's what it means. Father, I only do this when you tell me, and you told me to do it on this last Sunday of the year. And going into 2024, you told me very clearly at the end of this coming year, there would be nobody at Seaport in need. And so I'm trusting you for that. I didn't say that to myself. You said it to me. And I'm trusting you for that. And I'm also in agreeing with how you've told me to pray. And that is that prosperity, God, would come to every house. But it wouldn't steal our hearts. It wouldn't steal our hearts. Instead, oh God, it would cause us to walk humbly before you. And to use the finances that you bless us with to advance your kingdom. To take care of our families. And to bless others. And God, 
Probably most of us in the room don't need more stuff. Probably. But Lord, there are some of us that are in legit need. God, there are some of us that we need a place to live. Some of us, God, need a job or, or a better one. And God, there's all kinds of things. But you're bigger than it all. I'm asking you for prosperity to flow into this church. Now, I know, Lord, it has a lot to do with our faith and trusting you and being obedient and all those things. But I'm just trusting you that, God, that you would just bless this church and you would prosper everyone in it for the glory of your great name and for the benefit of your kingdom and the blessing of other people. We trust you. Amen, friends? Amen. Amen. Now you can go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The ways to give, you can see that up there. It's very, it is very, very important. Some of you uh, like to write checks, and that's fine, but just, just because of IRS rules and all that other jazz, if you, uh, you know, it, it, is, it would be better to write it now because we, can't, we cannot attribute it to 2023 if you send it to the church if it's postmarked after today. So you're going to have a tough time getting a postmark today. <laughs> so just be aware of that. If you send tomorrow, you send a check, and you date it, you know, 2023, it won't go to 2023. It'll go on when it's postmarked. Just, that's just IRS rules. We all love the IRS. Uh, I should say we all struggle to love the IRS. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I, believe me, I've had my share of opportunities to learn to love, shall we say. Okay. Well... <laughs> Let me, I'm going to try to kind of move through this message because we still have a water baptism we're going to conduct here. But, I mean, you're thinking about 2024. You're thinking about the ball dropping. You're thinking about, you know, what's happened this year and will that continue, good, bad, or ugly? Or what does this year really hold? Maybe some of you are, uh, have thought about goals and resolutions. Some of you maybe said, I skipped out because I never keep them anyway. Uh, the average lifespan, I think, of a New Year's resolution, I think, is three days, I think. And uh, it's not long. It doesn't last long. Uh, I will talk to you. I think on Wednesday night, I'm going to spend a little time talking about lessons that I've learned over 50 years of walking with Jesus about how to get prayers answered. There are ways to do it, and there are ways not to do it. And I may take a little bit of time talking about you know, how to, how to, how to have a, a New Year's resolution that works. There are ways to make it work, too. So we'll talk a little bit about that on Wednesday night. That's kind of the game plan as of right now. But, you know, I mean, I mean, no matter what happens next year, we have the confidence that Emmanuel, who we just celebrated last week, Emmanuel, is God with us, and he'll continue to be with us. Right? That doesn't change with the calendar. Not at all. He's continuing to be with us no matter what happens. I don't know how many times through the years I've had people say to me, I just want to know what's going to happen in my future. No, you don't. No, you don't. Well, sometimes God does let you in on that. I mean, there have been times he's let me in on on things in in my future, and there are things he's told me about my future yet that have not yet come to pass. I know that will, so I know those things. But a lot of times, if if God told you your future, you'd either be so puffed up with pride, you forget him, or you'd be so depressed, you'd run away. But it doesn't matter what happens. It matters, are you staying with the Lord no matter what happens? Right? You don't have to worry about him staying with you. You've got to worry about you staying with him. I mean, so that's, you know... And it's also been said, it's not so much what happens to us as what happens in us. 
and through us. And so I'm thinking about all these different thoughts about the new, about the new years. Just thinking about all that in 2024. And you know, I've already, you know, I've heard, I've already heard, you know, some things more in 24 or open doors in 20. I've already heard all, all kinds of different things. You know, but I don't, I'm not getting too revved up because you can remember about four years ago, everybody said, 2020, it's the year. Well, it was. <laughs> it was the year. Holy smokes. Well, the year it was, you know. And then we all said, okay, 2020 is over. Everything's going to be different in 21. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Regardless, it's not about what is or what isn't going to happen. What matters is how you and I approach it. And I thought about that. And I thought about this verse of Scripture. And if you've been to the encounter, and ladies, there's an encounter for you in October. Okay? Just so you know. And uh, it'll be amazing. But if you've been to the encounter, and, you, and if you've never been to the encounter, you should, because you know what? It is like a fire hose. It is so intense. There's nothing, I've never seen anything like it. That's why Seaport's done them for over 20 years. You know, they're amazing. But in the, in the context of the, of the encounter, you'll hear this verse of Scripture often said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, or some of your Bibles say self-discipline. I thought about 2024 and I thought that is a powerful verse of scripture to position ourselves so whether it's an amazing year or one that we're just like, oh my gosh. We can face it with the confidence that no matter what, God has given us power, love, and a sound mind. That's an appropriate thing for us today, isn't it? Yeah, the struggles in America. Yeah. So I, th- I thought, and I asked myself several questions about this verse of Scripture. The very first question I asked was, you know, why would Paul write this to Timothy? Why would he write that, you know, to, this, to his young associate that he left there in the city of Ephesus? Why would he do that? Timothy was young. He was still young at that time. He'd probably travel with Paul at this point in time, 20 to 30 years at this point. But he was still young because Timothy started traveling with Paul when he was about 15 or 16 years of age, and it had traveled with him all these years, all around the Mediterranean. But he was still fairly young, still had limited experience, and Paul had left him there in Ephesus, which was an amazing church, but it had a series of problems, and Paul sent him there to straighten the church out. How would you like to have that job? You know? It was, why would Paul send this? I think because persecution was beginning to grow there in the first century. And it wasn't in every place, but a lot of Christians were facing criticism and persecution and suffering for their, for their faith. And you know what? I mean, he, Paul knew that Timothy needed to be encouraged and strengthened as, as he's facing potentially some of these things. And then there was the very fact that that church, that church was an amazing church. You can read about how it started in Acts 19 and 20. You can read about how just, how just incredible it was if you read the book of Ephesians. Same group of people. And now it's many years later. It's many, it's many years later. And Paul's writing to Timothy as he's there in Ephesus. And there are some issues in the church. And you can read about them. And one of those issues is, is that there were a group of men that had come into the church. that were older than Timothy. And they felt like they should run the church. And Timothy, because he was younger, he, you know, he shouldn't be allowed to run the thing. And Paul said, no, you've got to step in there and take control of this. You've got to take control of this. And so that was very challenging for this, for this young guy. On top of it, 
Timothy was, he was not only young and somewhat inexperienced, he had a lot of personal insecurities and issues and apprehensions. And Paul even does a play on his name, Timothy. You know, God has not, God has not called us or given us a spirit of timidity, some of your Bibles. So he plays on that just a little bit. He knows that Timothy is a little apprehensive. Timothy, for reasons we don't really know, but my conjecture is this. He grew up in a great home where mom and grandma did a phenomenal job and raised. This guy was so spiritually connected and together and on track. The people, Christians in both cities of Lystra and Derby, knew him as a young person, as a teenager. They knew him, had a great reputation. But it only mentions his father once. His father was not actively in his life, or so it seems. We never hear about him but one time. See, the role of a dad, one of the roles of a dad is to help his, especially his sons and, of course, his daughters, to become confident, to become strong, to become bold, to be willing to take a step forward in their life, begin to take, you know, uh, you know assert themselves properly. That's one of, the, one of the jobs that a dad has. That appears that his dad didn't do this. And Paul steps in and takes this role. Now, here's the interesting thing. Paul leaves Timothy in Ephesus where he knows it's going to be hard. And I think Paul did this intentionally. Not only did he need a trust, trustworthy guy there in Ephesus, not only that, but I think Paul left him there because he was challenging Timothy to finally grow through his insecurities and his apprehensions and his struggles and his shortcomings to become the man that he needed to be. God will leave you in a place until you learn the lessons he needs you to learn in order to promote you. And if you wonder why you're still in that stuck zone, that's on you. Did you know that? Yeah. Not always, but many times it's on you. God's waiting for you to learn the lesson and grow so he can promote you and bless you. But if you refuse to learn the lesson and grow, you'll be stuck. And sometimes the Lord will put you in the most uncomfortable of places to see you grow. True? He did it with Timothy, Paul and Timothy. But there was not only was that, but there was health issues that he had. You see that as you read this. Paul speaks to him. The letter that Paul writes there, 2 Timothy, is, is Paul's most transparent, most vulnerable, most personal letter, and probably his last one. Probably the last, it is the last letter that we have. Paul, Paul is probably writing this toward the end of his life. And Timothy has some health issues, and Paul addresses those and tries to help him. He's struggling as a, as a young leader, taking responsibility, bearing the weight of responsibility, asserting himself, knowing his place. He's struggling with all of that. And Paul writes to him to encourage him and tells him, look, God has given you the spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline or a sound mind. Boy, every leader needs that, don't they? Every leader needs that. He needed to endure and be patient to the difficulties that he was going to face. And far after this story, it would get exceedingly difficult there in Ephesus for Timothy. Exceedingly difficult for him. But if you look carefully what Paul says to Timothy, Paul's pretty clear. He's pretty certain. Not absolutely. But he talks about his impending death. It's a very different story now. When the book of Acts ends, Paul is in a rented house. He's in, under house arrest in Rome. Not knowing what will happen. But eventually he, he's released and goes on and does effective ministry for many more years. But now he's in the Maritime prison in Rome. He's in what is almost like a dungeon. 
that through a hole in the ground. And he says these kinds of things. Everyone has forsaken me. There's no one with me. Alone. He's about 60 to 65 years of age. He's writing to Timothy, who's some distance away in Ephesus. Writing to him. Encouraging him. Because he believes he doesn't have a whole lot of time left. And he needs to be sure that Timothy is capable of stepping in. And doing what he needs to do. And he writes this very heartfelt letter to him. Very heartfelt letter. To encourage and to strengthen him. Knowing that he could face all kinds of things. This morning I write to you. There's no impending death on my, on my life that I know of. <laughs> you know. And I'm not going anywhere that I know of. But as we face another year, whatever it brings, I want to make sure that you're encouraged and strong. It was almost like Paul was saying to Timothy, you got this. You got this. And no matter what happens, no matter what's amazing or terrible this coming year, you got this with the help of God. Amen? Amen. You got this. I mean... I asked myself a second question. That second question was this. What kinds of things did Paul, had Paul experienced? And of course I knew the answer to the question, but I thought I would, I thought I would kind of let you in a little bit of some of the reasons why Paul would write these things. What kinds of things he had experienced that would cause him to write what he did. Paul was never, he was never an ivory tower academic. He was never that. After he met Jesus, that is. You know, Paul has experienced all kinds of persecution and suffering. And let me let you in on a little secret. This is something that I do. Something I do. When I feel like my whole life is a forest fire, and everywhere I look, there's trouble and difficulties and heartaches, and I'm only smokes, Lord. When I'm, and I'm tempted to be filled with self-pity, I always do one thing. And I go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and I read the sufferings of Paul. And after I read them, I go, you know, I'm having a really good day. <laughs> I haven't been shipwrecked. I haven't been beaten with rods. I haven't been stoned. Wow. Glory. This is a good day. Don't get me wrong. I don't really desire to play in Paul's league. <laughs> you know, persecution and suffering. Paul had a direct encounter with Jesus and it changed him and shaped him that day on the Damascus Road. And it was so powerful and so real that nothing could ever dissuade him from its reality. No matter what he went through, nothing could tell him it was fake, a fraud, a religious experience, or some kind of hyped up, manipulated trance or thing. No, it wasn't like that at all. When I met Jesus 51 years ago, that experience was so real, and today is still so real in my heart. I don't care what you say. (laughs) I don't care how brilliant your thoughts are to try to dissuade me from the reality of Jesus. I know what I experienced that day. And it wasn't hyped by anybody, certainly not by me. And I know that that's been an anchor that has helped me because I met Jesus that day, and everything changed in a moment. Hallelujah. Paul knew that. He could hang on to that. And he knew there was 30 years of experience of walking with the Lord, as challenging as it was. He said, you know what? That'll hold you too. Paul had a profound reliance upon the Holy Spirit. 
You see that all through his writings. I wish I had the time to develop this more. You look at Romans 15. You look at Ephesians chapter 3. He talks about the power of the Holy Spirit that has enabled him. That power that's come to bring strength, to bring love, to bring self-discipline or sound mind. The power of the Holy Spirit. Paul, he continually rested on the work of the Holy Spirit. This year, get filled with the Holy Spirit. Stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Get refilled with the Holy Spirit. May the Spirit of God be free to operate in your life and in this church. You go to some, I'm I'm just going to be blunt. Hang on, I'm going to be blunt. There are some churches, there are some churches you go to and they will tell you because I know. Oh yeah, we don't really want the work of the Holy Spirit too much because it will upset things in our church. Well, Holy Spirit... Do whatever you want here at Seaport. And if that upsets you and upsets me, so be it. As long as it's real. Legit. Amen? Power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I could tell you, I could tell you all about Paul's training. Brilliant mind. Considered probably in line to be the leader of Judaism in that part of the world at that time. Brilliant. If you, don't, if you don't believe how brilliant he is, then you ought to read one of, I know, which is one of Adam's favorite books in the New Testament, the book of Romans. One of the most profound theological treatises you'll read anywhere. Just brilliant. And it was a letter that he wrote to a church. The guy was unbelievable. Got profound. But it wasn't just that. It was He knew the power of the Holy Spirit not only to prepare him, but he also knew the power of the Holy Spirit to, to enable him as he traveled all over the Mediterranean and started churches in all kinds of different cities and places. That took incredible courage. It took incredible resiliency. It took incredible faith. You know, I mean, he learned to serve the Lord. And can I say something to you? <coughs> Excuse me. This year... If you're not currently serving, or you're just just serving minimally in this church, you are never going to grow spiritually the way you could until you step in to serving in your God-designed role around here. There's no lack of opportunities to serve, and you should be serving the Lord in some way. Amen? You should, I mean, don't let everybody else do it or somebody else do it. Step in in some way. There's, some, there's all kinds of opportunities. Get involved in the growth track and begin to develop who you are and who God has called you to be. I won't spend much time because time is going by quickly here. Paul knew. And if you read his letters, his 13 or so letters carefully, you'll see that prayer was high value to him. If prayer was high value to Paul, he wanted it to be high value to everybody that he ministered to. And he talks about almost in all of his letters. And I want every single person here at Seaport Community Church to be involved in prayer at some point throughout the week. Because I know the power of it to change you, to infuse you with grace and with strength. I hope that you'll be involved because prayer is the thing that so often in my own life gives me the power to do what I have to do. It gives me the ability to love you the way I should. And it strengthens me and helps me to discipline my emotions and my thoughts and my time and my life in a way that honors God and blesses you. 
That's the power of the Holy Spirit that I take, that I plug into when I pray. And you need to do the same. Amen? We need, you need to be a praying person. If you don't do anything different in 24 besides learn to pray and practice prayer like you never have, that will be a huge win that will transform your life. Just that. Just that. A daily appointment. But what does Paul mean by those words, power, love? It's interesting. All the things he could have said, but he chooses three simple words, power, love, sound mind, or self-control. It's interesting. It's interesting. And I don't have the time to develop these the way I would, I would like to, but let me, I'm just going to simplify it here for just a moment. As you look at those three words, power just simply means that inner strength and that resilience. It's not a human strength. It's not a contrived strength. It's not a positional strength. It, it is not a human authority. Those can come, but it is an inner strength by the power of the Holy Spirit that makes you equal to do whatever task and able to do whatever task God is calling you to do. And Timothy understood that he had some tough tasks that he had to do. And he needed God's power. And he needed God's strength to be able to carry that, carry that out. I'm, you know, I, it's an old, old saying. I don't even know where it came from. But seven days without prayer makes one weak. W-E-A-K. Some of you wonder why you're spiritually anemic. It's because you take so little time to pray. That's why. That's why. That's not a criticism as much as it is a challenge, you know? I mean, and Timothy, and, and Paul talks to Timothy about the importance of prayer. You see it in, in those letters, and I'm talking to you about that too. You heard Daniel talk about, you know, being bold and witnessing, you know? I mean, you need the power of the Spirit of God to share your faith with people, don't you? That's, I mean, God has given us a spirit. So when we look at the challenges of life, we need the power of the spirit of God to be equal to whatever it is that's coming into our life. And sometimes, you know what? You need the power of God to control your heart and mind when God really blesses you. That you don't get all puffed up with arrogance and pride. Love. In this context, it's about compassion, understanding, and empathy. Beyond ourselves. It means to be able to be compassionate to people that maybe you otherwise wouldn't be compassionate with. It means the ability to love people that you wouldn't choose to love. You know what love is? Love is the ability to treat somebody like you like them when you don't. Let's be real. You don't like everybody. Some of you have a hard time liking me. Because you've told me that. That's how I know. <laughs> That's how I know. I've had people say, oh, I, love I love the music. I love Pastor Debbie. It ends right there. <laughs> I'm not making that up. I just look at him and go, yeah, I love you too. We love you. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. But you know what I'm saying, right? God's power, left to ourselves, we won't love everybody. But his power gives us, and Paul, and Paul knew that Timothy needed the ability to love those guys who were going to make his life hellish. <laughs> and difficult, and the hard things, and people that he was going to struggle to get along with. He knew that Timothy was going to need God's power to love. And you do too. Amen? 
you do too. This year, there's going to be people come into your life, and you're going to be like, oh, God. He said you have to love them. He didn't say you have to like them. But if you love them, you'll treat them like you like them. You got that? Got that? I hope so. I hope so. And you know what this power of love will do? It'll help you to extend forgiveness and seek reconciliation when you don't want to. And Paul knew Timothy was going to need that. And Pastor Brad knows you're going to need that. And I'm going to need that. And lastly, lastly, sound mind or self-discipline, self-control, wisdom, control of thoughtful and, make, and thoughtful decision-making and controlling our feelings, controlling our thoughts, controlling our emotions so that they don't drive us all kind of crazy. Boy, we need this today, don't we? We need it like never before. We need the power of self-discipline. You know what, Christian? You have the power to do whatever God calls you to do. You know that, right? You, you have that. God says, I want you to pray and fast for three days. You're like, I, 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 can't, I, I can't do that. Yes, you can because he'll give you the power to do it. I need you to serve over here. Excuse me. I need you to serve over here. Oh, I can't do that. Yes, you can because he's given you, he's given you power. He's given you love. He's given you self-control. You can do it. Whatever he calls you to do, you can do it. You can do it. You know, you can do it with that. But it's important. You set aside and you allow the Spirit of God to come in you and to help you to control your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts. And if you need help on that, you ought to read Philippians 4, 4 through 9. It will help you because it talks about prayer with thanksgiving and it talks about the matrix of eight different things you need to think about in verse 8 and what happens to you when when you do that. You know, you need discipline. This morning, I, just, I, just, I was just kind of curious thinking about this and a lot of different things. And I, and I thought about, you know what, even, even the discipline of prayer, the discipline of fasting, the disciplines of giving, the, all these different disciplines. And I thought about the discipline of giving. And I thought about the difference and, and, and financial differences. And I, just, I found these stats that I thought it was so interesting, you know, and the difference between a Christian who tithes and a Christian who doesn't tithe. Tithe is giving the first 10%. Look at, look at the difference. This is, this is statistical stuff. This isn't me making up stuff. Okay? You know, a large majority, 80% of tithers, have no unpaid credit card bills. 74% of tithers do not owe anything on their cars. 48% of tithers own their own homes outright. 28% of tithers are completely debt-free. Wow. This is part of discipline. That's just part of discipline. God has given us the power to discipline our lives. And, and, and you know what? Even more important than all that is the, is the importance to have power to discipline ourselves when we find ourselves in ethically and morally compromising situations and remain strong for Jesus. Amen. That's more important than anything. If you'll take hold of that this year, your life will train. If you will face this year with power, love, sound mind, self-control, you will emerge from this year very different than how you entered it. It doesn't mean there won't be some ups and downs, 
But if you'll say, I'm going to, with the power that God gives, I'm going to do what God calls me to do. I'm going to love the way he's called me to love. And I'm going to control my life the way he wants me to control. This isn't about trying to control somebody else's life. I'm controlling your life. I want you to stand with me right now. In a moment, Wendy's going to come up and give her testimony. We had three that were going to be baptized and then two couldn't make it. But Wendy's here, and I'm so excited and so proud of Wendy. She's going to come and give her testimony in just a moment. But right now, I want everybody, you know, if, if I could, like, give an order or make a requirement or whatever, that every one of us memorize this verse of Scripture, I would. But, it's, you know, I would encourage you to memorize this verse of Scripture coming into this year. Are you ready to say this with me? Are you ready? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, some of your versions will say it a little differently. Memorize it, whatever version works for you. Let's say it again. Let's say it again. Are you ready? Say it again. Here we go. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Is that true? Yes, yes it's true. Will you do it? Yes. I hope you will, because it'll make a huge difference. Go ahead and be seated. Wendy, come on up here and talk to me. Come on, Wendy. Let's cheer, on. Let's cheer Wendy on. Come on, Wendy. Come on. John's passing notes in class. <laughs> You ready? No. <laughs> she's, come on, come on. she's she's very apprehensive, but I told her we're gonna I said they're gonna be with you, they're gonna be cheering you on. Okay. You know, she she's nervous. She's nervous, okay. She, she, you ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, good morning everyone. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Pastor Brad said I am very nervous. <laughs> Um, but for my testimony this morning, um, I just wrote something up really quick that kind of outlines, you know, my walk to getting here. Um, so growing up in the Catholic faith, I struggled um, to build and maintain a pretty solid relationship, you know, with God. Um, I did not live according to the Bible, and I lived my own way, um, as I did not fully understand, you know, the importance, his importance and his glory. Uh, then I met Dylan, who became a spiritual guide for me um, and led me to Christ. He would continually tell me about the gospel. We would read and pray together. Um, and then one night, a few months back, probably almost a year ago, um, we kind of were just sitting around, and I finally understood the significance of all of it. Um, and I decided that I would like to repent of my old sinful ways, and I would like to live for God starting today, um, starting today by taking this next step for, um, of my faith and being baptized. So. Amen. I told you you do well. All right. Yes. Good job. Thank All right. You. Now. Go ahead and be, you can be, oh, that's Dylan right there. I guess you can sit next to him. Okay. Okay, Okay, let me have that, you know. Let me just, very quickly, let me me tell you, I'm proud of you. See, I I told you you were going to do fine. I said, the grace of God is going to come upon you and help you. It did. So, 
let me just say this. What, very simply, what baptism is, we are commanded as believers to follow the Lord and be baptized in water. In this church, we practice what we call the submariner's version, full immersion. Okay? No, that's the Bible version. I'm just kidding. Okay? So she's going to be baptized, not be being sprinkled, but being full, full immersion. In just a moment, we're going to sing this song. The band's going to sing a song. It's a, it just want, it's a performance song. Just listen. New name written down in glory. Guys will take the covers off, and then I'll come back in, and I'll baptize Wendy, and then we'll conclude. But um, baptism very simply means, okay, I recognize I made a private decision. You just heard her say this to follow Jesus, to repent of my sin, to turn and go a new way. Baptism is a public way of saying to family and to friends, this thing is real, and I'm going public with my faith, and I've decided that I'm dying to the old way and being raised to a new life with Jesus. That's what it means in the simplest of terms. It is not optional. It is a command to do this, and so kudos to you for following the Lord. And he honors that so much. Lord, thanks so much for, for Wendy. Lord, the other, uh, the, the other two that couldn't be today, keep your hand upon them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, you've given us this great, big, beautiful baptistry. We pray we use it often, and the ocean often. Thanks, Lord. Amen. Come on. We're gonna, we're, the band's going to play this great song. The guy's going to take the covers off, and I'm going to come back. And we're going to baptize Wendy. Here we go.
am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am because the I am tells me who I am. I am who I am. like you're in the Caribbean or somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> come on, Wendy, come right on in here. Come on, let's cheer on. Tell me they didn't think they could make the heater work. I think they fixed it or something. Oh, it's working. <laughs> yes, come on. It's, 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 it's working. Because we're singing that song, I like to tell people, Wendy, that in Luke 15, it says that when, when someone is lost and they return, the angels in heaven rejoice. I like to put it this way. There was a party in heaven when you gave your life to Jesus, and your name was on the cake. <laughs> And all the angels, and there's a lot of them guys <laughs> up there who are rejoicing. What a wonderful thing. 
Scripture also says you don't have any real clue all the amazing things that await you in this life and the one to come. It's amazing. It's like, and I'm so proud of you. I really am. I'm so proud of you. Are you ready? Yes. All right. <laughs> We're good. Okay. <laughs> Wendy, on the profession of your faith in the Lord Jesus as your Savior. It is now my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Here you go. Good job, good job. Hallelujah. You know what? We're going to close with a song. I guess we're closing with a song, right? Yep. All right. Aren't you, aren't you so grateful? They've done a lot of work, all this music today. Come on, stand with us. <laughs> Hallelujah. We'll sing this final song, and then God bless you. If you're here today, if you're here today, and you need to meet Jesus, or you have a, a, a need for prayer, our team will come up right at the end of this song. They'll be here. They'll be ready to pray for you. Be right across the front. Go to any, of, any one of them, and they'll help you. But consider yourselves dismissed after we sing this song. And come on. Next time I see you, will be next year. And Hallelujah. I'm ready. Are you? Come on. Let's worship.
like to have them pray with you for. God bless you.